Grab a Torch podcast, a rundown and chat about reality show Survivor. Episode 5 on the agenda today. I'm always excited to watch the recovery or further upheaval after a tribe's been forced to vote someone out. This time, unfortunately, it was that four-timing Swathi's turn to hit the road jack and not come back no mo. So it's night nine, Ika hits their camp, and socially clueless Roxroy says, let's start from the beginning. Romeo stepped up and explained that Swathi was making number one promises left and right, so she had to go. Roxroy ends up saying that he's actually glad things went down that way, that if Swathi was playing all sides, they couldn't have her around. That is a man clearly still in shock, trying to convince himself that he hasn't lost complete control. And he hasn't, because he never really had any to start with, I don't think. Interview style, Roxroy said, I feel a little betrayed. I got duped. A little? Even Tory was in on this vote, my friend. To the tribe, he had to admit that he did not see it coming, that... Obviously, he's not picking up on social cues, and if he has to ride their social coattails, he will. Romeo tried to get some tribe unity talk going, but Tori, interview style, says she wants none of it. And when the merge happens, she's jumping ship, and all because of Roxroy. She's annoyed that he just cleans and tends to the fire, and he's not playing the game at all. By the way, I would love to know one day if Tori ever got caught rolling eyes, making faces, even mumbling under her breath while she's right next to people. So I feel like with Ika tribe, there's nothing really rattled about them, even though this was a big blindside. I think Roxroy does honestly realize it was done because he's not playing a social game, that it was done for his own good as much as for the other players. So... If he can learn from this and change it up a little bit, that would be a lot of fun to watch. Fingers crossed. Toes as well. Might as well. So moving on to Taku Tribe in Day 10, where familiarity is breeding contempt. Apparently, Marianne isn't the only one with the non-stop chattering. She has a co-host, Lindsay. So there's a seven-year difference between these two, which, on the one hand, isn't much, but on the surface, it seems like a much bigger gap. But in reality, apparently, it's a much smaller gap. The two of them were having the time of their lives shit-talking over their video game prowess and whatnot. Omar's expression, like he'd been forced at gunpoint to keep a smile on his face. There was no joy in that man's eyes. He was doing a better job than Jonathan, though, who finally had to get up and go fishing for a couple of hours. On his way out, he asked where his thermos might be, and it was Lindsay, not Marianne, who said, Let's play hot-cold, which made me laugh. 
Later on, after a hardly nothing bamboo cutting incident, Jonathan and Marianne jawed at each other. But Jonathan quickly raised the white flag, patted Marianne on the back. Interview style, Jonathan said, he's a big dude, and he can't allow it to look like he's picking on someone as small as Marianne. Jonathan is so impressive. Not only is he a giant physically, but he's playing a very smart, disciplined social game. Over at Vati Tribe on day 10, we finally see the true aftermath of the tribal council that blindsided every player in the tribe, and it is not good. Mike's disappointed they haven't merged yet. Lydia agrees. High has stopped trusting people, and High looks scary when he has stopped trusting people. Meanwhile, Daniel's moving around camp like he's at a weekend beach party. Interview style, Daniel gives the tribe a B for morale and a D for actually surviving. I guess everyone has their blind spots. So at Ika Tribe Day 10, Drea and Romeo decide to go idol hunting. Drea finds the idol because she attracts island wealth and also because it was in plain sight on a low-hanging tree branch. She barely slowed down at the beware part, read the thing, remembered that Marianne had already said one of the phrases, and so now Drea just hopes that some Einstein over at Vati Tribe finds theirs. I love Drea, and I love when she said interview style. Most women are stuck at camp making rice, but she's out finding an idol, that women are as good as men. Probably better, actually. We're better than men. Sorry. Her eyes go big. She pulls in her lips. She looks so guilty. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so funny to me. I've already watched that clip a half dozen times. Anyway, so that ties up day 10 on to day 11. At Vati Tribe, everyone but Daniel are hanging out, and Chanel asks Mike if he's going to activate his beware advantage. Mike says no right away, which made me laugh. Just like he thought he would never tell anyone about finding an idol. But he ends up telling two people, one of those two people being the wrong people, a.k.a. Daniel. Okay, let's talk reward challenge, a.k.a. Marianne's jaw drop show every time she finds out somebody else has been voted off the island. Jeff called Marianne out on it, and Marianne, so very anxious to get her vote back, just jumps right into her bunny in the mailbox thing. Drea responds with, potatoes have skin, I have skin, am I a potato? And then Mr. I'm-gonna-play-it-cool-Mike somehow gets out that there is such grace in the game of soccer it makes him cry. Drea gives Romeo a happy grin, and then it looked like Marianne and Drea made eye contact and smiled at each other, and Mike was just continuing on about this soccer nonsense, but he looked thrilled about it all, too. So now the beware advantages are unlocked, giving Drea... Marianne and Mike immunity necklaces. So here's a quick rundown of the challenge. The tribes need to race up and over a tall net ramp, then one player untangles braided rope to release a key. The key is used to unlock a machete. The machete drops a load of sandbags. The sandbags will be fired to knock over two targets. When Jeff 
told the tribes it was also reward challenge, they lost their ever-loving minds, screaming out foods. Chanel wasn't even specific. She just kept shouting out, cooked food, cooked food. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jeff had to confess there was no food, but two tarps for the first two teams to finish. They seemed almost as happy for that, which just goes to show you, if you make people suffer hard enough, long enough, anything will make them ecstatic. Jeff said Vati needs to sit someone out, and Daniel whisper screams to his tribe, I have very little value to add. Not a discussion, not a hesitation on his part, he just tells Jeff it's him. So the tribes lined up, it was go time, and the first thing I fixated on was Jonathan falling off the net ramp. I couldn't focus on the rest of the competition, trying instead to find Jonathan in the background of the shot. He stayed down for so long I was convinced he'd really hurt himself, but apparently it was just a convenient time to catch his breath or something. In the meantime, Drea grabs the net ropes and pulls herself up like the badass that she is. Tori's focus was hard to miss, and in my mind, she was the highlight of this whole competition. Tori embraided the ropes to get the key like she was on fire. She then took the key to unlock the machete, and then she whacked away at the rope with that machete, fueled on ten days of pent-up anger. Before the last sandbag even hit the ground, I swear she was running toward them, grabbing up a bunch and taking them to the next position. Tori received a huge hug from Roxroy, which, as much as she can't stand the guy, must have felt good. It was so genuine and overcome by just how good of a job she had done. I think Omar was having a bad day because he just couldn't get the ropes unbraided to get the key. Lindsay stayed calm and tried to walk him through it, but it seemed like he sort of quit thinking for himself and just let Lindsay try to guide him, and it was not efficient at all. So Drea knocked down the first target, and then Roxroy knocked over the second target for a first-place win for Ikatribe. Omar finally got the key free. Jonathan took over at that point and did what Jonathan does best. He gave one whack with the machete and freed up the sandbags, and then he knocked over the two targets to come from way behind for a second-place win for the Taku tribe sending Vati tribe to tribal council. But before that, it's adventure time. Ika is told to pick someone from losing Vati tribe, and they pick Lydia. And for their second pick, they go with their own Roxroy before the tribes are sent back to their camps. Interview style, Hai is actually excited to go to tribal. Time to trim the fat. And Chanel and Daniel are that fat. Game on. Back at Vati Tribe, Daniel tells Hi, I'm with you till the end. That's all I have to say. Yuck. That's so weak. All the chaos he created at Tribal. He sits out every challenge due to a shoulder injury, but then goes out, quote-unquote, fishing, only to come back with no fish, but to say it was very relaxing. Weak sauce. They all tell Daniel and Chanel what they need to, but when Hai and Mike get together, Hai says he doesn't care which one goes, except they need to think about which one of them will be the best for them in the long run. 
Out on the adventure, Lydia and Roxroy seem to enjoy the beauty of the hike, but they both keep their cards close to their chests, very much unlike all the other adventurers before them. Lydia, interview style, talked about her struggles with body image, but how here on the island people are very open with their bodies. You can only be open out here. And her body is perfect the way it is. Roxroy and Lydia didn't strategize together much, so in the end they both chose save a vote. So nothing ventured, nothing gained, but also nothing lost. Back at camp, Daniel and Chanel each take a turn trying to sweet talk Lydia once she returns, leaving High little time to strategize and fill her in. High is definitely looking forward in the game, feeling like this vote is going to determine how far he goes in the game after the merge. And then it's off to Tribal Council. Dun dun dun! At Tribal, Mike says they have to lose a member, but it doesn't mean they're not solid. Daniel calls Mike a straight shooter, butters him up a little bit. High sees five autonomous players, all with the goal of getting to the end, so someone is being lied to, or multiple people. So Jeff asks Daniel, give me an analogy from your world where lying is fun, it's part of it. But Daniel was not biting, and instead he apologized that he's not an analogy guy, and returns to talking about Mike like his life depends on it, really buttering the guy up. At that point, Chanel jumps in to point out that Daniel's playing to Mike's soft spot, his heart. Daniel claims he's not playing any game strategy right now. Uh-huh. So Jeff asks Lydia what her vote is based on. Lydia mentions that after tonight, each tribe is at four members. She's speculating a merge coming up soon. So who she can trust the most going forward, especially in a game where the numbers aren't obvious. High says that trust is the most valuable currency, and when trust is broken, it's very hard to earn back. Daniel quickly says, you have to look past the burn, and if you're the one who did the burning, you have to ask for forgiveness and move on. Mike says his vote is strictly gameplay, nothing personal, tonight he's playing Survivor. For once, nobody played their shot in the dark, which I thought was pretty interesting. So the votes went Chanel, Daniel, Chanel, Daniel, Mike. <laughs> what in the hell? Mike immediately looks behind him at Chanel, like he's been slapped. She looks back wide-eyed, shaking her head no. Mike then looks at Daniel, who is only looking at Jeff, with his same old zero-expression face. Man, this game is weird. Sometimes I feel like I get it, and other times not at all. So with things ending in a tie, only Mike, High, and Lydia vote for either Daniel or Chanel. And with the first two votes read, Daniel Strunk is the sixth player voted out. Daniel looked pained and said, well played guys, as he stood up, but there was nothing said to the group after his torch was snuffed out, which kind of surprised me. He only said on his way out, man, that's heartbreaking. Mike turns, looks at Chanel, and says, I kept my promise. Somebody voted for me. Oh, 
commonness. So as it turns out, in the first vote, Mike and Daniel voted Chanel. Hi and Lydia voted Daniel, and Chanel voted Mike. So did Daniel tell Chanel that they needed to vote Mike? That he had some game plan and Mike needed to be their vote? I can see Daniel doing that, but does that even make sense? I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Did Chanel think her vote didn't matter, so to save a friendship she decided not to vote Daniel? Who knows? Chanel managed to keep herself safe, but she's put herself back on the very bottom at the same time. If she can't convince Mike that it was Daniel who put down his name. This is the second time that Chanel has thoroughly confused me with her gameplay. And with that mindset, let's go through the tribes and ponder. With Ika tribe, we have Drea who has an amulet advantage, an extra vote, and an idol. Not only that, but she has Romeo who is completely loyal to her. They also have a vulnerable Roxroy, who has only just now realized how weak his social game is. If he rides their social coattails and they get his loyal vote, this threesome could be powerful. I try hard not to see the spoilers, but I messed up this week and saw enough to know that the merge is happening or some big disruptive thing happens. I don't know how well Roxroy is going to do in individual challenges. I'm guessing Tori will do better than he does. Of course, maybe physicality means absolutely nothing in this game as long as Jonathan's around. So let's jump over there. As much as the chitter-chatter at Taku tribe might be getting to the guys, I can see where this tribe sticks together. I think there's good loyalty there. They've managed to stay out of tribal for long enough that the tribe isn't fractured. Jonathan, though, playing an individual game, is going to have the biggest target on his back. I feel like he's going to have to win every immunity challenge or else, and that's a lot of pressure. If there's a challenge that's simply not in his wheelhouse, people are going to feel compelled to jump at the rare opportunity and vote him out. Jonathan with some kind of an idol would be spectacular. Last but not least, Vati Tribe. I think that High, Lydia, and Mike, with loyalty as their top value, may be the trio to beat. I guess it's left to be seen if Chanel tries to hang around and keep herself with that tribe, or if she strikes out looking for greener pastures. I think Drea and Romeo from Ika have the same kind of loyalty to each other, too. And they also have Tori, who may hang around, but may also go looking for greener pastures. Out of all three tribes, I think that Tori is the freest of free agents. Though I guess that could change once all the fishies hit the big scary ocean. Maybe Tori connects with Chanel, and then the two of them try to hook up with Taku tribe. Oh, except that Chanel has already screwed over somebody from Taku Tribe. She screwed over Omar, though he's not aware of it yet, but as soon as he goes to vote, he'll find out he doesn't have one. Or 
if they merge, he'll ask Chanel before he ever goes and find out that she screwed him over. Chanel's game is a hot mess. I don't know if Chanel has a game. She's just kind of existing and bouncing off of things. Okay, I feel my brain turning to mush, so I think that that's it for this week. Thank you so much for dropping by and hanging out with me. I hope you have a great week, and I'll meet you back here for episode 6. Until then, take care.